0: presence of the Holy Spirit in the house today and I want you to stay with me in that presence. Thank you Jesus. I thank the Lord for uh, another m- moment where we, can be, where we can touch him as he touches us. Every time you come into the presence of God, you come into the house of God, desire that God will touch you as you touch him. Let him touch your heart. And, and I'm, I'm blessed to just to know that God is here. Do you sense him with you. (laughs) Amen. Acts chapter two, verse 14 to 17. I want to speak to us about the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to us about what the Holy Spirit can do when he comes upon a person. I want to speak to you and and, and provoke you to desire the Holy Spirit, to desire to connect with the Spirit of God. In Acts chapter 2, you find that the moment and the day when the Holy Spirit manifested himself in a very personal way, in a very personal way to the disciples. See, the Holy Spirit used to come upon selected individuals as across the period of time. And, And he would just touch a few here and touch a few there according to a specific need of the moment. But in Acts chapter two, God decided to release the Holy Spirit And it started with a few individuals that were sitting in an upper room and, and they were sitting in that place. Basically, they were hiding and, and they were just wondering what's going to happen to us and they were praying at the same time. They were praying at the same time, saying, Lord, you spoke about certain things, but what's going to happen to us? How are we going to move? How, what's going to be our next step from here? So they were waiting on God. They were waiting for something to happen and then it happened. The Bible says that like the rushing of a mighty wind and, and, and there was just this wind that blew in the house and then there were tongues of fire that came upon the beloveds there and they began to make a noise. They made so much noise in their, in their room the people that were outside were attracted by the noise. They stopped what they were doing and said, what's this noise that's going on? What are these people doing? And the people, as they came closer, they began to hear that the noise that they were hearing was actually the disciples or the apostles now speaking. And they were praying and they were praising God. They were giving God thanksgiving. And as they were doing this, they were speaking in other languages, in other tongues that were not Hebrew, that were not the Nazarene dialect. They were just speaking in other tongues. And they were speaking things that, you know, even people that had come from a far away suddenly could hear and understand what was being said. And, And people wondered. And some thought, well, this level of noise and the way they are doing it, these people must be drunk. He says, these guys must be drunk. I told you on Friday, those of you that were there, that you know, yes, they were drunk, but they were not drunk in the way you know drunkenness. And so Peter stands up in verse 14 and says, verse verse 14 and says, and the Bible says, he raised his voice and says, fellow Jews or fellow people and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I have to say. Let me explain this to you. And so he explains and says, you know, we're not drunk. We're not drunk, you know. We're not drunk. But this is that. This is that. What you are seeing here is a manifestation of that which was spoken already before. This is that. What you're seeing here, people, is something that you have been, you have read about or you have heard about. This is that. Peter begins to challenge them to something that people have heard or have known or have listened to being spoken of somewhere. And he challenges And say, you know what, what you are seeing, it's not the drunkenness as you know it, but this is that which you have probably read somewhere. And I know somebody has read about the Holy Spirit. I know somebody has heard about the Holy Spirit. I was talking to one person, one says, ah, this Holy Spirit business, it's always confusing because sometimes you don't know whether it is the Holy Spirit or it is the evil spirit. So please let me, let me be. And so they would rather come to church. They will be in the church, but they don't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit because they are afraid it might become their evil spirit. I was talking to some, says, You know what? We know about the Holy Spirit, we've read about it, but we think this Holy Spirit is just but a force. It is a force that just comes upon people, it's just a force. And and Peter is speaking to the Jews and to the people around and says, you know what? This is it that you have heard from the prophet Joel. The Jews have known who Joel was. And some of the people that lived in Jerusalem would have known who Joel was. Maybe in our time you might not know who Joel is. But Joel is a prophet. It's a prophet who prophesied about the coming of the Holy Spirit, prophesied about the restoration of Israel and how God would bring his people back and how, how he talked to the people of Israel and said, you know what? I, you, you sinned against the Lord and the Lord has left you to your sins because there's a consequence for sin. And, you know, after they had been ravaged by locusts and after the locusts, you know, they were, first it started off by just, by just this locust that came up and they ate everything. And when they thought, you know, that, okay, well, maybe these locusts have, are, are gone. There was a, an, a, an armor-bearer worm that would just come into whatever was left and was also eating and destroying. In the end, when they thought they would have a crop, it was all wiped out by one thing or the other. So there was just nothing for them to hold on. And the prophet Joel was coming to say, you know what people, God is going to restore you if you are but turned back to him. That's what God had, had, was saying to them. And not only will God restore you, but he will pour out his spirit upon you and there will be great things that would begin to happen among you. And so in the time of Peter, Peter stands up and says, this is the fulfillment of prophecy. This is the fulfillment of that which was spoken. And I want to say to somebody, you know, God is fulfilling his word even in our day when you see people falling under the power of the Holy Spirit, when you hear them speaking in tongues, when you see them crying in the house of the Lord, and you see them being touched by something, and you wonder, what is it? Why are they so emotional in church? You know, I want to say to somebody, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It's in his word. It's in your Bible. If you only care to look into it and come to a place where you will understand it, that it is happening now. And while I'm speaking like this, you know what? I want to just challenge somebody. While Peter was speaking and saying, you know, this is this. This is what's going on. This is the Holy Spirit that's come down upon us and he's filled us in this way. There were some others who were just saying, what, these guys are just crazy. Because sometimes people who are filled by the Holy Spirit look like they're crazy. It does sound kind of crazy to be speaking in a tongue. And somebody say, "Come, what you say? It's, I don't know, I was not speaking to you, I was speaking to God. It does look kind of crazy. It does look kind of crazy if you're going to sleep on the floor and be crying the whole night in a, in a language that you yourself cannot understand. But when you rise up, there's something that's been worked up in your so, spirit. So, yes. it, it does c- kind of look crazy. When, when, you, when you're going to, to, be, to be there just shouting. So, please be rooster so, I, I I can't. I'm trying my best. And I was in a place one time. Said, so, please, you're making too much noise. Okay, sorry. But then you open your mouth again, and you just can't. You just just you just just goes out loud. Why are you going out so loud? You crazy? And it, it does kind don't of look crazy when you start telling people what might happen to them and what pain is on their shoulder and, you know. Are you a fortune teller? It it does look crazy. But you know what? The Holy Spirit is so real as that craziness. (laughs) You you didn't get that. He's so real as that craziness. He's so tangible as the way you'd say that looks crazy or that sounds crazy. He is so real and can be so real to you. And so Peter says this is that, that the prophet spoke about, that we would experience an outpouring upon all people. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And even the old ones will dream dreams. There's an outpouring. People will begin to see things beyond the natural. They'll begin to experience things beyond what they are used to. Why is that? It's because of the Spirit. And I just want to give you just by just one example of how God would just fill a man and cause him to do crazy things. And you know what, deep in my heart, I just have God prompting me to tell you that God has destiny for you. And for you to reach your destiny, accomplish your destiny, you need more than your own abilities. You need uh, the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is outpoured on you, you can accomplish much. You can achieve things. You can do things that you never thought you could do. You can become the person you never imagined you could be. You know, sometimes we are dynamite inside. But because we are not ignited, we are remaining dormant and the Holy Spirit can ignite you and set you up and cause you to be fireworks and do the things that you must do. And, and I just want you to go with me to somebody who, you know, when you read it, you realize this is just it. I, I need what this guy was getting. Let's go to the book of Judges. The book of Judges. I'll take you through Judges chapter 13, and we'll end up in Judges 16. We'll just pick a few verses. It is the story of a man called Samson. Judges chapter 13. And and let's let's just read it from, from, from So so here, an angel of the Lord uh, said unto Manoah and all of all that I said. Uh, go go to go go to go go to verse. Let me just let me just skip I just want to go to verse twenty five. Go to verse twenty five. Go to verse twenty five. Verse twenty five says, and the spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtol. Now, he, I want just to help you to get to this place. So a man and his, wo- and his wife uh, have been praying to get a baby and they've been waiting upon the Lord that they should get a baby. And, and suddenly an angel comes up and says to them, you will get a baby and your baby is gonna be special. And, and you know, I will make your baby special. And I want you to do this one thing, don't cut his hair. Don't cut his hair. You know, in, in these days where you want your preacher man to have a good haircut, it kind of goes contrary. I say, but God, preacher man should have good haircuts. And God comes up and says, don't cut his hair. And I'm thinking, this guy, from the day he was born, I, we cut our kids' hair. You know, but this guy, his hair is not cut. And he becomes a man, his hair is not cut. He should have died without his hair being cut. I won't tell you why his hair got cut. <laughs> but, but, you know, he, don't cut his hair. So he's just a child who's just going, it looks crazy. <laughs> it looks crazy that, you know, you've got a little boy with dreadlocks, a baby with dreadlocks. But, but you know, he, he's, his hair is not cut. And as he is growing, you get to verse 24 and 25 and, and verse 25 says, and the Holy Spirit began to move him. The Holy Spirit began to move him. And I hear, I hear God saying, it was actually on Friday when I was relooking the scripture. And, and God said, I need to talk to somebody that God will move you towards your destiny. God will move you towards your destiny. You don't know why you came here, but God is moving you towards your destiny. You don't know why you ended up connecting with the people you connected, but God is moving you towards your destiny. The Bible says the Holy Spirit, see the Spirit of the Lord, capital S is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and, and, and Eshtor." Esther all why was the Holy Spirit he was moving him towards destiny moving him towards accomplishing something you may wonder why did I come to this church the Holy Spirit sometimes moves you to accomplish your destiny you may wonder why do I have to go to Vahin? and the Holy Spirit just moves you towards a place the Holy Spirit was just moving me I, I just I just don't know why you know of all places the Holy Spirit would just move me one day and say go into the office and ask your question and on the day I was asking the question the professor comes in and tries to pronounce the name Wacheningen. And behold, I am in Wacheningen. This was some many years ago. And I was looking to say, I need to do a master's. And people were wondering, how do you pronounce this, this long name? Some said Vajenigen, some said Vagenigen, whatever it was. And the Holy Spirit just moved me. I was about to go away, but the Holy Spirit said, just stay there until my professor walks in. Says it's called Vajenigen, whatever he said. And I thought, that's strange. I said, what? And the people said, how do you know how to pronounce it? It's because I have a Dutch life. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. And, and you know what? Suddenly the Holy Spirit began to move me. You need to understand more about this university. You need to find out. And of all the universities I applied around, I, need, I applied mainly to the UK because I just wanted to go to the UK. Sometimes my own spirit moves you to do other things. But the Holy Spirit just moves you and says, apply to the Netherlands, and only one university I applied to, and I'm here. Why? Because the Holy Spirit sometimes is in the habit of moving you towards your destiny. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? The Holy Spirit moves you towards your destiny. You mean, why am I sticking close to this person? He's moving you towards your destiny. And when the Holy Spirit moves you in a particular place, you need to be aware of what He's doing. So I want you to know that the Holy Spirit can move you. Towards you. You're wondering, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live life? How am I supposed to manage this place? You need to come to the Holy Spirit. Let Him begin to move you. Say to your neighbor, let the Holy Spirit move you. Spirit move you. He moves you towards what you have to do for the Lord. And so the, the Holy Spirit moved, Sam moved Samson, and he began to go around. He was just searching for things to do. And then on a particular day you're going to jump with me some scriptures here. You're going to jump with me to chapter 14. In chapter 14, after the Holy Spirit has been moving him, and he starts to be, have a sense of the Holy Spirit within his life, and to have a sense that you know there's something different that he can do. on this particular day, they are, he's going with his parents in verse five to 6. The says Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother as they approached the vineyards of Timnah suddenly a young lion came roaring toward him and listen to this the spirit of who? of the Lord the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands and as he might have torn a young goat who has ever killed a goat? Come on, guys. I have. You've never, you, 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 Okay. Who's ever bought goat meat? Just to buy it. Okay, that's better. <laughs> I've had the privilege of being on a farm and, and, you know, being given a goat and say, young man, oh, my, my grandson, this is your goat. Kill it. So that we can have a nice barbecue. And so my grandfather showed me how to do it. You tie it up and you hang it up and you slit the throat. Sounds kind of brutal, but that's how you do it. Or you put it down and ask the other guys, hold it down, guys. You hold it. <laughs> Sounds kind of brutal. My grandfather also taught me how to handle a pig. You know, you take the pig, and you know, in those days, he says, you know, the best way to get the pig out is take a good hammer, put the pig there, knock it on the head. Sounds kind of brutal, because you can't get a knife through the thick. It's difficult, it's painful for the pig. So you knock it on its head. So I was being taught these things. Also taught me if you've got a lamb and you take it to the slaughter, it will be so quiet. The moment it cries, leave it, young man. Superstition or no superstition, lambs should not cry when they're being slaughtered. (laughs) So I've learned these things. You need to learn some things along. And so Samson knew how to tear a goat or how to slaughter a goat. And then a lion comes. Do you know what a lion is? <laughs> Hello? I am just checking. A lion comes. And the Bible says he takes the lion and tears it up like he would have done a goat. This is a lion. And this is a human being just like you and me. And do you know why he's able to tear up the lion? It's because of the Spirit of God. It was not so much the hair. I'll tell you that in a moment. But it was about the spirit of God that would come upon him. And in those days, it came upon him specifically because he had a mark that identified him and that was the hair. You hear what I'm saying, church? You need to have your own long hair. And thanks to Jesus, we now have his mark which is put upon us by the blood of Jesus so that the Holy Spirit can come upon us. So the Holy Spirit, when he saw there was danger for Samson, he comes upon Samson. He's able to tear up the lamb goat and he tears up young God, safety comes to them and this is what the Lord is saying you can have safety in situations of danger if you can but allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you you hear what church you can ha- you can defeat the enemies that come against you you can overcome the challenges that come against you if you can only but allow the Holy Spirit to come over you he will give you the power everybody say power he will give you the power to overcome. He will give you the power to deal with those things. The power to deal with the challenges you're faced. You're not going to have to kill goats, but he'll give you the power to deal with the lions that you're faced, with the Goliaths and the bear that would come, to devour that which belongs to you. God gives you the power. If you can, uh, if you can allow him to rest upon you, you can do great things. And you know what touches me that the Bible says he did it with his bare hands. When my grandfather was teaching me to, 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 to do that, to 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 slaughter a goat, he told me you need to get your knives ready and you need to get your, your whatever else you need for cutting and everything, your ropes ready. You need to have them ready. But Samson does it with just his hands. Look at your hands. There was something prophetic there. Where God says, your bare hands. There's much in your bare hands. It's about, do you believe God to use your hands? Can you believe God to use your hands? God can use you. God can use you. He can use those hands. Those hands are powerful. Those hands are mighty when they are taken over by the Holy Spirit. You can accomplish much. God will bless the work of your hands. If you can allow the Holy Spirit. I said God will bless the work of your hands. If you can now allow God to take over. God can bless the typing of your fingers. And God can bless the knitting of your hands. God can bless the labor that you put in. If you can allow him to rest upon you. God used Just the bare hands of Samson to bring them safety. Your hands are loaded. Tell your neighbor you're loaded. loaded. They went on a little further and they got to the place. and, And you know, after some time, after some time, you know, Samson sees a lady and he wants to marry this lady. And, and so he, he goes to get married to this lady. And as he goes to get married to this lady, suddenly he sees that lion that he had killed. And inside the lion now there was honey. And so he makes a parable when he comes to these people. They say, well, you know what? Um, you need to give us. You need to, you, you need to, 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 to pay for some bridal price. You know, if you, if you come from where I come from, you need to, you need to pay some tokens to be given your wife. You don't just say I'm getting married to you and she says yes and you go huh? and, and you have a big party. You also need to appreciate the parents and, and give them some tokens to say thank you for you know, raising up this beautiful damsel that I can marry. You know, and, and, and you know what? The damsel or the, the sister also feels so proud that you know what? I've got a, a guy who values me and he's going to put some tokens for me and he's going to come all the way from Nigeria to... So so like Samson, he has come uh, left his own country, gone to another country, and he's <laughs> and, and so he's there and says, well, I understand you people want tokens, but first you've got to be able to tell me this parable. And in those days, the wedding party was seven days. How long is your wedding party? Seven days they were going to celebrate. And he says, at the end of seven days, if you have told me, you know, this parable, I will give you the clothes of thirty people, or something like that, and as you require. But if not, you have to give me and also give me this beautiful lady to go home with. And around the seventh day, you know what? I mean, ladies are sweet. The lady manages to say, hey, tell, tell my people the parable now. Don't embarrass me. And so Samson, okay, let me not embarrass you. So he tells his, this beautiful lady that he wants to marry. And apparently the lady tells her people. And the people say, ah, we've got you, Samson. You know, out of the eater came something sweet. What is it? What is bigger than a lion that eats? Out of the strong came something sweet. And what is sweeter than honey? And then Samson thought, oh, you people have cheated me. But it's okay. So the Bible says, Samson, <laughs> this, is, this is what I find, found funny. The Bible says, Samson, instead of just saying, okay, fine, I'll give you what you want. Verse 19, go to verse 19 with me of chapter 14. The Bible says, then the Spirit of the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily. And he left where he was, went all the way to Ashkelon and in Ashkelon found some 30 men, fought them, took their clothes away, and came and handed them to his in-laws. Says, you people want these resources. Here are the resources. And he went away. What struck me was the fact that in order for him to do that, the Holy Spirit came also upon him. And what is the Lord teaching us? He's saying the resources that you need, the resources that you need, I can give you the power to get them. Oh, let He, let He who is ears to hear. Hear what the Spirit says to the church. The resources that you need. I can give you the power to get them. If you can depend upon me, says the Holy Spirit, I will lead you to the place where you can get the resources. I've said amen to this one myself. The resources that you will need for this church, the resources that you will need for your ministry, The resources that you will need for your study, if you can allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, He will lead you to them. He will bring you to the place The resources you will need for your project. The resources you will need for building your house. The resources you will need for your wedding and for your marriage. The resources that you will need to send your kids to university. The resources that you will need to bless other people. The Holy Spirit has those resources. The Holy Spirit has those resources and he knows where he ought to lead you, where he ought to take you to if only you can allow him to come upon you. We're struggling because we don't depend on him who holds the resources. We're battling with things and with people because we are not dependent on the Lord. Our faith is not depending on the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit says, the resources that you need, I know where to get them. And so he comes upon Samson. He had nothing. But when the Holy Spirit came upon him, do you know why he was so angry? Because he knew there was no way that these people were going to have found out his riddle. It was a riddle all the way from heaven. I mean, you kill a lion, and then you find honey. You eat the honey, and it tastes so sweet. He actually ate the honey. The Bible says he took the honey and gave it also to his mother and father, but he did not tell them where he had found it from. I'm sure if he had gone and told his mother that the honey has come from the mouth of a lion that I killed a few days back, she would have said, no, 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 I will not eat that. But but here you are. And now his riddle has been found out. He's angry. But you know what? God knows how to settle you. Do I have a witness? God knows how to settle you. If we can depend on the spirit. You will wonder where did he come from? Where did he come from? I remember a sister who was at the end of of her program. And so I don't know whether I will graduate or not because things just don't work out. But because there was prayer around and the Holy Spirit just began to help and say, just go keep on working on it. One day while she was sitting, a man just comes out of the department and says, I, I'm just going to help you finish this. And, and she looked and said, but you've never supported me from, said, it doesn't matter, but I'm just going to help you to finish this. God knows where to position you for the resources you need. He knows. Tell your neighbor he knows. knows. There's just a word for somebody. God says you're going to recover the time you have lost. You're going to recover the time that you have lost. Jump with me to chapter 15. In chapter 15, Chapter 15, you know, the, after he has done this, the people of the Philistine people were angry and they wanted his head because of what he had been doing to their cities. You know, in one point he was angry and he, he took, he took uh, you know, Samson is an interesting guy. I can teach a lot of lessons. But one time he, he takes these foxes, ties the tails of the foxes and puts fire on them they go into the fields and they burn the fields of the Philistines. The Philistines are angry and they want him. They want his head. So they come not to him, but they come to the people of Judah. Apparently he had done that and went and hid in a cave. Strange guy. But he's hiding in a cave. You know, and it tells me something that you, know, you might be a strange guy, but the Holy Spirit can use you too. The Holy Spirit can use you too. So he's hiding in a cave. And while he's hiding in a cave, the the people have come to the people of Judah and say, we want Samson, bring him to us. So the people of Judah are afraid. So they go to Samson and say, Samson, we need to take you there, please. Just just go with us. And Samson says, okay, fine. Tie me with with your rope. When you tied me with your rope, just promise me one thing, that you are not going to kill me. And I pray that it is not my brother that is going to stab me. Now, there's nothing as painful. David says, it's so painful when it is your brother who stabs you. So he says, don't stab me. Just don't kill me. Just take me to the Philistines. So by the time he gets to the Philistines, by the time he gets to the Philistines, you know, his, they put him there, the Philistines. Let's, let's just read it, chapter, verse 13. And they agreed and they answered, we will only tie you up your hand and, and, and hand you over to them. We will not kill you. So they bound him with two new ropes. The ropes are new. Not old ones, they are new. And they led him from the rock. As he approached Lehi, the Philistines came toward him shouting. The Philistines have said, now we have him, we will get our revenge. Upon him, they were coming towards him, and listen to this: the spirit of who? The spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, upon Samson, and the ropes that were on his arms became like charred flax. Do you know what that means? They, they just burnt off. So this guy is tied. They tied him, and suddenly these new ropes. Just had to burn. There was so much fire in the hands of, of, of Samson that the ropes just charred. They just melted off. And when the hands melted off, they dropped. The bindings that were around him dropped. And I heard God say this, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, the things that hold you down will melt off. The chains that hold you in will be melted away. The bindings that are holding you down will go away. If we can but walk in the spirit, there will be no limitation. You will not be limited by anything. Tell your neighbor I will not be limited. But what you need is the Holy Spirit. What you need is the touch of the Spirit of God, the things that were supposed to have limited him and handed him over into a place of destruction. You see, that's what the devil wants. The devil comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He binds you down so that he can kill you, just like the Philistines were ready to kill Samson because they suddenly said, now his hands are tied. He can't fight anymore. He can't do anything to us anymore. But suddenly, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the chains are broken. The chains in your life can also get broken if you can allow the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you. It doesn't matter how long you've been stuck in this place. The chain can be broken. It doesn't matter who's put the chain. The chain can be broken. The chain can be broken. It can be melted off like wax. The chains. In your life, sometimes we are held back because of all kinds of things that bind us back. Those things can be broken, hallelujah. Those things can be broken. If they could break off Samson, they can break off you. If they can break off this man who was just, you know, when I look at Samson and I think of this guy with his dreadlocks and I look at you how smart you are, I know God can set you free. He can set you free from the demons that bind you. He can set you free from the evil thoughts that hold you down. He can set you thoughts from the inferiority complex that keeps you low. He can set you free from the thoughts that say you are supposed to be the one at the back. You can't go forward. You can do better than this. You can't go there. It's not for you. The Holy Spirit, when he comes upon you, you can be somebody out of nobody. You can be in the front. You see, Peter was just but a fisherman. They knew him as an unschooled fisherman. All oh, you are good for for is for fishing but on the day the Holy Spirit came upon him in Acts chapter 2 the Bible says that he stood up and he preached a sermon and many people thousands came to the Lord why because the Holy Spirit can take off the chains of fear take off the chains of inferiority complex take off the chains that keep you in the doldrums take off the chains that keep you in the background and bring you to the forefront is somebody ready to go to the forefront If you're ready, you need to say, Holy Spirit, come upon me. He can come upon you. He can break the things. You know, sometimes we have been put in a corner. I was looking at a picture the other day of how sheep are kept in a place. And these sheep have always been taught to go through a gate. So even when the fence was removed and only the gate was left remaining, the sheep never went anywhere. They just followed the path to the gate. And then they started going out again whereas they could have just walked and I'm saying here today to somebody every limitation in your life is broken in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit you don't have to just continue going on the old path you can break the barriers you can step beyond your borders you can get to a higher place if only you can allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you the Holy Spirit comes and causes you to do things that are not conventional you can be unconventional. You can achieve much. You can become somebody. Hallelujah. Come on church. We need the Holy Spirit on us. We need the Holy Spirit on us. It's enough. I am speaking to somebody. It's enough for you to to have come where you are but you can do more. And when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will do more. Hallelujah. You will do more. Somebody say I can do more. You don't have to be the last. You don't have to be the one who's struggling. You don't have to be the one who's crying. Sometimes there are things that are written over us. And when people see us, they're they just as an aversion towards us. I'm saying today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can change your outlook. Huh? You can change the place you are. The chain and the shuttle can be broken in the name of Jesus. It was broken from Samson, and then Samson does something even more. The Bible says after this, Samson looks around. In verse 16, Samson sees the jawbone of a donkey, and he picks up the jawbone of a donkey. This is a thousand Philistine men, a thousand army generals, or army whatever people that had come to to fight him, and he Picks up the jawbone of a donkey you would not expect a man to say I'm going to fight you guys with a jawbone of a donkey this is somebody who is fighting against thousand swords and shields all he has is a jawbone of a donkey I don't know how how old this jawbone was but you know what seeing a jawbone and a thousand men I don't think I'll be confident to say I'm going to fight those thousand people with one jawbone but when you are full of the Holy Spirit you will do crazy stuff When you're full of the Holy Spirit, you don't care what the people have. You don't care what they're saying. All you care about is I am full of the God of heaven. He gives me power. He picks up the jawbone. And he says, guys, you are in for a fight. And as the first one comes, he hits him this way. Hooks the next one like that. Before you know it, before you know it, the battle is on. A battle is on. One against a thousand. The Bible says you can chase a thousand. Do you know how you chase a thousand? It's because of the power of the Holy Spirit. You can only chase him when you have the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, what you've got to do is run. But when you have the Holy Spirit, you're going to stand and fight. Everybody say fight. You've got to be crazy to fight a thousand people. It's like going into a football match and say, guys, 11 of you, this is me. The people on the other who say, are you crazy? And you say, yes, let's get going. That's what Samson did. But in not just 11 people. These were 1,000 trained men, 1,000 people who could fight. And they knew who Samson was because they'd seen some of the exploits he had done. So they were not coming here saying, we are coming to play games. They were serious. Remember, it was the people of Judah that said, you know what, we will bind him and bring him to you. The people of Judah, the army of Judah, a whole army, come on, listen to me, church. The whole army of Judah was afraid of these 1,000 Philistines that they went to beg Samson in his cave and say, Samson, you've got to come with us. But here is Samson. You guys were afraid. Thank you for not killing me. Holy Ghost power. Who do I have in here? Who needs the power of God in his life? You're struggling with your struggle. What you need is to fight with the Holy Spirit. You're fighting by your own power. What you need is to fight by the power of the Holy Spirit. Whatever is in your hands, God is saying I will use that. Whatever is in your hands God is saying I will use that You, 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 do, you know people don't understand what I'm saying You see when it was ca- time for me to graduate And I was saying God these are the results that I have I'm not spending another year doing experiments I heard God saying with that which you have With that which you have You see whatever is in your hands God can use that God can use you to You know you, you, you don't need you, you, you. had, You had what? You had some money And you wanted to get your boys a good time and, you, and your boy said, Dad, we're not going home. And suddenly you realize, whatever is in my hand, and you know what? God put something in your hand. If, if God will put something in your hand. You see, sometimes you don't realize the things you have, that even though it looks like a job board, it is fire because of the spirit of God. You might be saying, I only have 10 euro. How can I start this business? Start it with God, and it will flourish. Ah. Ah. I, I, I don't know how to I don't know how to how to even do start whatever is in your hand and say Holy Spirit all I have is a jawbone of a donkey. God can take you far in the name of Jesus. I was I was reading I was reading the story of of, of, of these, these world changes and these 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 men said, we're just going to go out and change the world. We pack our bags and we go wherever we go. Wherever God takes us, there God takes us. And we are not coming back. They they told their families, please don't expect us back. Many of them didn't return. But you know what? They accomplished many things. They spread the gospel the world over. All they did was this is what we have. I have my Bible and I have Jesus. Jesus. And they went, and the world changed. They saw miracles on the way. They would just get to the, to the docking station at the port and say, we are going to Africa. Can you take us with, do you have money? All we have is our clothes and a Bible. And they went to Africa. We need to go to Asia from America. How are you going, do you have money? All we have, we give to you. And sometimes it was nothing, but God brought them to that place. Why? Because when you move with God, even the jawbone of a donkey can fight you a battle. Hallelujah. The jawbone of a donkey can fight you a battle. You can accomplish much. You can achieve great things if you can but rise with God and let the Holy Spirit fill you. I need just somebody who's hungry. I need to stop here. I can tell you more about Samson, but now our time is gone. Can I tell you one more thing? Yes. Just one more thing. And if you're we for run out of time, at least I'll say you asked for it. <laughs> just, just one more thing, I, I will not be long. After he has finished the battle, he has slaughtered a thousand or so men. He is thirsty. I, 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 I try to read the scripture, And I realized that it appears the men of Judah had all run away. (laughs) I think they'd run away or something. Because suddenly he's there and he's by himself. Probably just surrounded by all these dead enemies that had been fighting him. And as he stands there, he's thirsty. He's thirsty. The Bible says he was very thirsty. What does he do? The Bible says he cries out to the Lord. And says, you have given your servant this great victory. The victory is not in your own power. It is from the Lord. God is our victor. You will never lose. And now he says, Lord, must I now die of thirst? The Philistines couldn't kill me. Am I going to die of thirst? must I now die of thirst after you have delivered me from all these uncircumcised people? Then God, see when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you can declare things. The Bible says, then God opened up the hollow place in lay and water came out of it. When Samson drank, his strength returned and he revived. Then God, opened up a place. And, 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 and I, stand with me, church. Stand. God, God opened up a place that gave him something to drink. And when he had drunk, the Bible says, he was restored and revived. When you are full of the Holy Spirit, thou shalt decree a thing, And it shall be established to you. You will decree things. You will speak things that are not as though they are. And they will be established to you. When you are full of the Holy Spirit, you will call forth things. And say, come. And they will come. Be healed. And they will be healed. Be well. And they will be well. Arise and they will arise. God will answer you. When you are full of the Holy Spirit, you will say words that prompt God to move. I don't know who you are, but you need to cry out to God and say, Holy Spirit, fill me. I don't want to be ordinary anymore, but I want to be a person that walks in your power if you could have filled Samson, you can feel me too you don't need to have long hair now what you need to have is jesus if you have jesus if you have jesus he can give you he can fill you he can fill you with his power and you can you can live a life that is victorious You can overcome the depression. You can overcome the stress. You can stand the pressure of life. There are things that could have killed you, but God will give you strength to overcome. Oh, just open your mouth and begin to pray and say, Father, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. All you need is to be hungry jesus says if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink and i will give him rivers of living waters john chapter 7 and verse 37 is anyone thirsty let him come to me and drink Pray and say, Father, I need a drink from you. I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you, Holy Spirit. Sometimes you may need to ask him in a crazy way. Don't care about the person standing next to you. If you feel you need to shout, Jesus, come into my life, shout it out to him. If you feel you need to cry out to him, cry out to him. Whatever it's gonna take, God. I can't do this by myself. If you've been trying so hard, I want you today to say, Holy Spirit, I hand it over to you. I hand it over to you, I hand it over to you. Come in, oh sabashika, come in over, take over, take over, take over, take over, take over, God, in the name of Jesus. Take over, take over. I've tried by my power I've tried by my own strength I've tried with my parents I've tried with my doctor but God I'm here I need you I need you I need you I need you God in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus God I'm here Lord touch my life touch me oh God touch me Lord Jesus touch me heavenly father in the name of Jesus perhaps you you say I I need I need you to stand with me pastor and pray for me just come quickly before we move on to the next thing but I just want you to pray because it's just about you and you reaching out to Jesus and reaching out to Jesus say Jesus fill my life fill my life Lord I I need your power I need to accomplish something I just have but a jawbone I don't even know where it is but God I need your power I need your power in the name of Jesus God I need your power. I need your grace, oh God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, touch him, Lord. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.